welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me, as always, <laughs> is my mom. And Hi, you, mom. And you love it. How are you? I'm good, Ellen. I'm good. We just had a very nice weekend together. We did. We spent, and we're together in the same room right now. We are. Um. So today we're going to be talking about Can You Keep a Secret by Sophie Kinsella, and later we are going to talk about what a difference a few years can make in your heroine. But first, Mom, what have you been reading? Ellen, I have been reading. Wait for it. <laughs> uh, I'm watching Mom pull up, pull up my her Goodreads, Goodreads account. account. <laughs> Just to make sure I get them all because it's, it's so impressive. It's such an impressive list. Yeah. Um, it's really not that impressive. We were shush, shush you. No. Okay, so we did Friend Zone last time, right? Yes. Okay, so then I read How to Love a Duke in 10 Days, which we did for our which last. We, which everybody already knows. <laughs> um, I also read Blameless, which I might have done last time because it didn't go on my Goodreads account right away. Um, then I read Changeless. Both of those are from the Parasol Protectorate by Gail Carriger. <laughs> we found out, Mom's been listening to the audiobooks and we found out that we like pronounced every name wrong when we <laughs> on the whole thing. Yeah. Um and then I read Can You Keep a Secret. And I'm in the middle of reading um what's the next one? Heartless, I think is the next one that I'm in the middle of reading right now. Um but I might have to You're going to have to stop because we're doing a Mariana's Pod next and that is going to take some time. I know. So. And I, and and what you call it's coming out this week. Oh, Beard With Me. Beard With Me is coming out this week. So, oh, so many books. So many books. So little time. So little time. Um, I didn't read anything. Yeah. Really? That shocks <laughs> me. I mean, I read the books that we did for the podcast, but everybody already knows that, so I won't waste their time with that. Yeah. Like you do. <laughs> well, I have a few sprinkled in there that are not for the podcast. Yeah. This weekend, Mom and I got to go see Hamilton. What? Finally. Finally. And it was amazing. It was amazing. Um, it's been, like, driving me crazy because my brother, who doesn't really even care about Broadway musicals at all, yeah, got, saw it before I did. Yeah. And he came and saw it again with us this time. <laughs> yeah, he did. So he's still, he's still one he's up still on you. He's still got a one up on me. Gosh dang it. <laughs> So today we're going to be talking about Can You Keep a Secret by Sophie Kinsella. This is a standalone book that coincidentally just had a movie adaptation come out this weekend. You we watch that. And if we, yeah, if we had more time, we probably would have done that for our B topic, but it didn't work out because we had a very, very full weekend. Very busy weekend. Um, but I believe the movie should be available at select theaters and on digital download if you would like to check it out. Uh, I did write a book description for this one. What? I know. I was like on top of things this time. Emma Corrigan is anxiously awaiting something amazing, spectacular, wonderful to happen in her life. That seems like it will never come when she is on a plane that experiences some significant turbulence. During her seemingly final moments, she spills all of her secrets to the stranger sitting next to her. Her true weight, her... Family dramas, how she may not really love her boyfriend all that much, how she lied on her resume, and all her other secrets. But then she lives to see another day. Oh, well, one stranger knowing all her secrets isn't really going to matter in the grand scheme of things. But when that stranger ends up being her boss, not just her boss, but the founder of the company, Jack Harper, 
That does matter in the grand scheme of things. But when Jack's interest seems to extend past all of her the sordid details of her life, maybe this isn't that bad after all. So, Mom, what did you think about Can You Keep a Secret? I really, really liked it. Okay. I don't think it... I really, really liked it. I don't think it was a love. That's fine. Is that okay? Yeah. I was curious as to how... I'm always curious as to how, especially people picking it up now, because I think for me, I'm always going to read this book with some rose-colored glasses, no matter what. <laughs> um, even, you know, when I go back to read it as I get older, it's still going to be like, aww. Um, because I just, I remember passing this book around to my friends when I was 15, and um, yeah, I just, I loved this book. Um and it was, it's been a while since I've, I mean, I, it's interesting. I think I've read this book now in my teens. I've read it a couple times in my 20s. And now I've read it in my 30s. And it's kind of interesting. There are things that I picked up on differently or reacted to differently this time around than I think I ever have before. Um, but I still love it just because... Maybe if I had read it, because I did really, really like it. I mean, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's it's very close to a love, but um, maybe it's, if I had read it before I'd read all the romance that I've read so far, I might have enjoyed it more. Like if it was like a gateway, but I didn't get a gateway. You kind of just threw me into the deep end. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, I, I feel like it was written, written to kind of a younger audience or maybe a... Which is interesting. Yeah, because I, well, we'll talk about... Because this is technically technically classified as women's fiction, and I'm interested in to to explore what we think the difference really is between yeah women's fiction and romance um, in general. But I just I just love the book. It's always gonna make me happy and chuckle. And, and I did really love it. I mean, it's it, really funny. I really like, enjoyed it. I, I it, it has to be like exceptional to hit my love my love mark. So. Yeah. Um, okay, what did you think of Emma as our heroine? Well, she really frustrated me in the beginning, but I think that that was the point of the book because she had all these things that were in her life not the way she wanted them, but it, so many of them were just so change it. You know, it, a lot of them weren't out of her control of change. And so I, in the beginning, I was like, we'll do something about it. And so that's pretty much what the book is about, is about her doing something about mm. that. And um, so I, I really liked her. I thought she was really funny. I thought I enjoyed spending the book with her. Um, yeah, I really. Yeah. I I love that beginning when she's spilling all her secrets. And, <laughs> and you know, it's, they're, they're, they are secrets. They're things that you don't want other people to know. But they are still sort of like funny and yes. lighthearted. And, you know, it's not like she murdered someone. Right. It's, um, and so I really, I, I really like her. I, um, we're going to talk in the second half about, uh, younger heroines versus older okay. heroines. And I, I have a lot to say about, there are things about her, yeah, that frustrated me a little bit more than I think have always, but I think anytime I've read this book before in the past, I've been younger than her. And so she's like... 
oh, she's so worldly, worldly and sophisticated. And I'm like, no, she's just kind of <laughs> kind of a hot mess, stupid girl in her twenties, which we all have been. Um, and so that was kind of interesting this time around. Um, but she's she's sweet and she's a lot of fun. And um, we're gonna talk about the conflict, but I I definitely um, feel for her there yeah. towards yeah. the end. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, but she's also very, um, prototypical of the kind of early aughts romance heroine. You know, you've got, she's very reminiscent of like a Bridget Jones, um, and you know, a lot of those rom-com heroines that were coming out around that time where it's, you know, my life is a mess. Now I need to get it back together. Life is a mess. Working gals in the city, who, you know, they're just like us. They're hot messes, but they're and they're kind of floundering and all this stuff. But then they fall in love, and their life is perfect. Yeah, which is the way life always works out. Always. <laughs> um, but so it was. It it's it feels kind of. I don't want to say old school, but old school in terms of the early aughts. It's, um, <laughs> what does that say about us now? Because I know. Gosh, it makes me feel old. Yes. Well, it does. Um, but yeah, Emma's Emma's very sweet. Yes, I, I very like sweet. I, I liked her too. Um, what did you think of Jack Harper as mm. our hero? I did like me some Jack Harper. <sighs> I think there's just something about falling in love with a character at that age that I did <laughs> that they're just always going to stay with you. Like... Jack Harper, Jake Ryan, these guys can do, like, no wrong in my book. Um, just because I fell in love with them when I was 15. And he, I feel like he was older than her, like, quite a bit. Because he'd accomplished quite a bit. And they never did say how old he was. Or her, really. Or her, really. We knew she was, like mid-twenties, I would... I felt like she was, like, mid-twenties. Yeah. Just because of the things that she had done. She'd gone to school. Did she finish college? She went to school. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. I don't think he's supposed to be that much older than her, though. Well, I'll give him 35. To have started that company? Well, uh, but it, they were supposed to be, like, wonderkins. Okay. See, this is... We've discussed before about these guys that have all this money at such a young age, <clears throat> which I understand does happen, but not as often as it happens in romance novels. <laughs> yeah, okay, but I think I think he's supposed to be like early 30s. Okay, 35 is in early 30s? <laughs> I, but like 31, 32. No. <laughs> okay. But that's, I mean, that's kind of what I always got from him. Okay. I'll let you have that. Jeez. <laughs> I'm letting you have it. Um, I just, okay, and we've talked before about how I like guys messing with girls, which yes. is a weird thing I need to <laughs> probably look, look into, into a little bit more. But I love all that stuff when he's kind of... You know, bringing stuff up at work, bringing, bringing stuff up at work, bringing stuff up in front of her parents. What's and, everybody reading? Yeah, 
that's what, aren't you reading Great Expectations? Artemis, what happened to your plant? <laughs> you know, all that stuff. Because he knew all her secrets. He yeah. knew all the stuff she'd done. Yeah. Or when, you know, he meets Connor and he's like, oh, you're Ken. And he's like, no, Connor. Connor. And he's like, oh, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> um, so I just like all of that element. And, um, you know, he he does screw up. Yeah. Pretty bad. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about that. But, um, you know, I feel like he redeems himself pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, he does. And, like, it's kind of, I mean, a big thing of the story is that you don't get to know him as well as you get to know her. Right. Not only because of POV, but because he doesn't reveal himself very easily. Um, so there's he's still a man of mystery. But um, I've always... I also just, like, hot names for romance <laughs> heroes, like Jack Harper. Oh, <laughs> yes, please. Um, yeah. And Jake Ryan. In fact, yeah. At one point, you said something, and I was like, "Oh, you know, Jake, Jake Ryan." I called him Jake Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, that's right. It's Jack Harper. Yeah. It's both great names, though. Um, Mom, do you have secrets that you haven't told me? Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I would not want to bring myself down in your eyes, Ellen. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that would be hard. <laughs> No, no secrets. Uh, not that I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, what about? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I probably do. You probably do, and I probably don't want to know them. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably fair. Whenever we sit around and the kids will bring up stuff. Remember when we did this, and it's all stuff I didn't know about. And it's like, I why are you talking about this? I don't even want to know. I want to live life ignorant of all the stupid things you kids did. <laughs> yeah, my brothers and I will like get talking and. All sorts of things will come out, and I'm like, no, no, stop, just stop, stop yeah. talking. Yeah, so I think I definitely do. Nothing huge. I can say I know you were a good girl, so I'm not worried about like, you know, some secret baby somewhere yeah, or a dead body buried somewhere. Yeah, we were having a conversation <laughs> last night about um, who's the one person you would call to help you bury a dead body, get rid of a dead body. <laughs> Mom, not, not necessarily bury. But get rid of. Get rid of. Yeah, there we go. Um, mom was not my person. I was not no, mom's no, person. No. No. Because <laughs> I told Emily, said, I would keep your secret, but I wouldn't be a lot of help. <laughs> yeah, she'd be I'm like, not, I'm not good at heavy lifting. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Um, okay, well, that's good to know. I tell you pretty much everything, almost we, to a fault. We do talk a lot, probably more than we that yeah. is healthy. <laughs> well, and probably like, okay, you guys, this is this is hap this happened this week. Mom and I were talking on the phone, and she told me that my conversation is inane and boring. <laughs> well, it does get inane. We're on the phone for a long time. <laughs> well, because I get I I go home. I call mom on my way home from work, and I get home and I walk my dog. Around the block. And then I have her stay on the phone with me so I can check my apartment for murderers and rapists, which I think is normal. Okay. But here's the deal. Through a lot of that, like, we run that conversation pretty early on. <laughs> so a lot of that oh, is just us both doing our own thing, but on the phone at the same time. <laughs> yeah, mom's playing games on her phone. I'm walking my dog. 
But I I find I enjoy it. Okay. I, I didn't say I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> and I didn't really say that it was in Dana Boring. It's like, Lies. I, have, I have something I have to go do. Okay, I might have said that. But I was... Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I have something I have to go do. And you got mad at me for wanting to get off the phone after we'd been on the phone for a very long time. Yeah. And, and I said something to the effect of, we, we don't really have anything else to talk about. We're not talking about anything. And she said, and your conversation is a name and boring. <laughs> okay. And That's, that could be. <laughs> and, then, and then I called my boyfriend and I was like, is my conversation a name and boring? And he just laughed. <laughs> and I was like, That's rude. <laughs> He didn't contradict me. I'm just saying. Well, he did eventually. Okay. He said, I always enjoy it. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, well, he's... Okay. (laughs) He's still in the phase where he's trying to... Be nice to me. Be nice to me. Um, Okay, what did you think of the initial premise of her spilling all her secrets? Do you think she has a reasonable number of secrets or an extreme amount? Well... A lot of them, I don't know if I'd call them secrets. A lot of them were just things of in her life that... Well, like white lies that she's told. Right. And, and we all like, have those. Yeah. 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 Like when I tell you you look great in those pants. Thanks. <laughs> That's a joke. It's a joke. I'm joking. She's so mean to me, guys. <laughs> you do look great in those pants. Thanks. Those, they're your good yoga pants. They're my good yoga pants. <laughs> We got, I, I was like, I'm going to go change into real pants. And then, and they were giving me a hard time. Like, oh, I thought you were in real pants. And I came back. I'm like, okay, so I did just change into a different pair of yoga pants, but they're my nice yoga pants. <laughs> so they're the dressy yoga pants. <laughs> they're my dressy yoga pants. Right, so I was, I was just kidding. You do look great. Thanks, mom. Um, but reasonable amount. Extreme amount. Sure. Reasonable amount. I, and yeah, I've always thought reasonable and, but people in the book seem to be like, oh, geez, there's a lot of stuff that I don't know about you. And it's like, well, and first of all, I was getting kind of a Butterface feeling. Remember when we read Butterface and how horrible everybody was to yeah. her? Yeah. I was kind of getting that. And I, I felt like saying, girl, just go off on these people. Artemis and the people she worked with were terrible to her. Especially once. after everything got revealed and yeah. they kept bringing everything up. Yeah. And... And, and the fact that her boss didn't go out and just say, Look, everybody just shut up about that stuff. Well, he did to a certain degree, but yeah, I know. And I don't mean Jack. I mean Paul, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, well, some of it he joined in on. It was just, they were horrible to her. And I was just like, dude, do, you know, say something. Go off on these people. I did love when he's like, I'll fire anybody who said anything (laughs) to me, too. She's like, oh. Oh, okay. (laughs) She's like, you're not going to have a company left. He's like, it's okay. That's I deserve it. <laughs> um, yeah, that yeah, they are kind of overly awful. It. Um, I'm interested to watch the movie, movie for this because it does read very cinematically. Right. You know, a lot of character. You know, a lot of bigging up of. You know. Yes. These things. Um. So I I will be interested to see how I like the movie. Maybe we'll do it for a B topic on another on a different one. episode as we'll talk about the movie for this book. Um, but yeah, they were. But yeah, I always thought I'm like these are pretty normal things for yeah. someone to. I mean, who hasn't lied about their weight? Everybody on the planet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, there were a lot of things that. 
My favorite thing about the wait is when she's like, you said my wait on TV and you got it wrong. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty maddening. <laughs> yeah. It'd be okay with me, though, if someone said my way wrong. <laughs> as long as it goes lower. The lower, yeah. She went higher, which but is... only by a couple pounds. Yeah, I know. But um, I thought that was I thought that was funny. Um, but yeah, I, I think... They're all pretty. Yeah. Enormous. I'll tell you who is awful. And I'm. Oh, and don't even get me started because I know who you're going to say. Is I wanted to throat punch her. Carrie. Okay. She was awful. Oh. Mine was Jemima. Jemima was oh, awful. Oh, yeah. Jemima is awful. But Carrie I. Carrie was awful too. And it was awful that. Well, yeah. It was awful that her parents were. I mean, they. I mean, and they learned in the book, I think. Yeah. They, they They realized what they were doing. But. Yeah, Carrie was awful. Yeah. And, and Nev was awful. Nev was awful. They were an awful couple. I mean, yeah. which is fine. Go be an awful couple. But for her parents to, you know, take their side on everything and, mm-hmm. and act like they're so wonderful and their daughter is, you know, mediocre at best. Yeah. I mean, that was... They, I mean, so they weren't aware of some things that Carrie had done, but still she, they would like really put her down in front of her parents. Yeah. And it's like, come on. Yeah. She's trying her best. She's a plucky little thing. Yeah. <laughs> Cut her some slack. Yeah. But yes, Jemima is. Really? I wanted to throat punch her. And I love when, um, why am I blanking on her friend's name? I was just going to say Chloe for some reason because I just made that up. Oh, Oh, that's going to bug me. Uh, But her friend who does the... Who's the lawyer? Yeah. I love when her friend goes off and is like, you will. She like goes into full lawyer mode. Like, why can't I remember her name either? Is it Sophie? No. I'm just rallying off. That's the name. (laughs) I'm just rallying off random names. It's something with a... Okay. Um, Anyway, so all of that. Awful people. People were awful. People were she awful. She had a normal amount of secrets. We're in agreement there. All of it. Um, what did you think of the conflict? Do you think she had an overreaction? Do you think... Well, there really you... were two conflicts. Okay. Would you agree with me there? Yeah. There's the conflict where he spouts off all... And I think she was more than... Um... <laughs> she even does the cardinal sin in your book of, like, Turning off all her phones. Right. But I was mad at him. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. Um, mom, yeah. Mom said, he, like, I called mom. I'm like, where are you? She's like, he just word vomited on television. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's, that happens. And it was just like, dude, just shut up. Just shut up. Stop talking. Stop talking. And he just like kept going and going and going. And, you know, the poor little thing standing there and everyone's looking at her like, it's you. It's you. That's all you. He's talking about you. <laughs> Which I guess they weren't secrets if everybody was able to <laughs> no, kind of no more secrets. figure out who she so was. So that was conflict number one. Yeah. And conflict number two is when Jemima brought the reporter to the yeah. dance thing. So in, in, in regards to conflict one, do you think either of them overreacted? Her? Hell no. No. No, not at all. I, it just, it was cringe. I was literally cringing when I was sitting there reading it and he just keeps going and going. I was like, oh, stop. Well, and she eventually, like, she, so she shuts off phones and stuff 
and she does eventually, like, talk to him. Right. And I think that's fine. I think if that had happened, she's within her rights to be like, nope, not talking to yeah, you. Yeah, I would Sorry. have been page. Well, because it wasn't just that he said all her secrets, but she told, first of all, he's called her an ordinary, a plain nothing, or nothing girl. Nothing special girl. Well, that's what he referred to. And, you know, you would kind of take that yeah. badly. But the other thing that he did was it really seemed like he was using her for marketing research. And I saw where she was coming from on that. Yeah. And I could get where she was just like, he just, he doesn't have feelings for me. He was just using me to yeah. figure out what, you know, the average, regular, plain old nothing girl likes or feels or thinks about. And I could see where she was coming from with that. Being lo- upset about yeah. that. Yeah. And, or with that line of thinking. And um, so... Yeah, I was totally, I I did not feel like she overreacted at all. Yeah, agreed. And I think uh, the author, Sophie Kinsella, does a really good job of yeah. like, building all that so it seems completely rational. Like, you as a reader get what he actually is trying to do. And he's like, this nothing ordinary special girl who I still love because of all that she is kind of thing. Well, when he but, finally explains it... Yeah. He does a very good job of just, you know, you're in my thoughts all the time. I'm thinking about you all the time. I'm thinking about all the things you've said all yeah. the time. So when I was confronted with it, that's what came into my mind. And um, so that was kind of sweet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So second conflict where oh my gosh, the reporter shows up. I don't think she handled it really well because I never would have gone off to even be alone with her and the reporter. I got that she was trying to get them away from him, but I would have just gone right to him and said, my roommate brought a reporter. I don't know what this is about. This is not, you know, this was not me. This was her own thing. I'm super, super sorry. I would have just come clean right off the bat. Yeah. Now, a young 20-year-old girl wouldn't always think as clearly as that. But yeah. um, you're so wise. I am so wise. <laughs> I've been told many times. And um, so, you know, I and I got why he was mad about that if it really was because it looked really bad. Yeah. And which is why I would never have gone in there because it would look bad. Yeah. Um, but even though that also was kind of a ugh, conflict, he 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 was right back. Yeah. Quickly. And, so and yeah, like he he also kind of like shuts her out, you know, but, initially. But he does for like a minute. Yeah. I mean, he's back like an hour or something. Yeah, like he's that. back within an hour, I think. Yeah. But. Um, and I really like the the resolution, you know, because I think because also in that conflict she gets after him about like, so your secrets are so much more important, important than, than mine, it's and like my life is more complicated, and, and she's like, oh, okay, so your secrets are super more important than mine are. Yeah, you can spout mine to the world, but you won't even tell me your secrets. And you know, maybe there is something to be like, maybe his are more sensitive to other people well because he's a um plus he's a you know like a celebrity yeah yeah and so like i i got what he was trying to say with the my secrets are more important than yours (laughs) um i got that but um also it's kind of yeah it is unfair and and, you know, she told him, she's like, I didn't even want to know big secrets. I just want to know Little things you about more. You. Yeah. Because that's, I think that's the thing is 
And, you know, when I think about do I have secrets, a lot of these things that she's talking about, I mean, I am very, like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, a lot of people know a lot of things about me. (laughs) Well, here we sit on a podcast telling all all of our life stories. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, I mean, you guys know a lot of secrets that, like, maybe not, you know, an everyday Joe on the street would, or, like, an everyday acquaintance would know. Um, So, I think, you know, in the end, she just wanted to get to know the real him, like, he kind of had gotten to know the real her quickly. Right. And so I like when he shows up and he's like, I'm afraid of the dark. <laughs> I, you know, I can't remember all his I things, can't remember but, them all either, but they're, um, they're cute. Yeah. And so, you know, that he kind of got, it wasn't secrets. It was just, I just want to get to know you. I just want to. Well, these are things I don't tell people very often. You know, yeah. Or, or, or ever. You or know? like the only the people that are really close to me know about me kind right. of thing. So, um, so yeah. So I like. I like the conflicts. I, I think that they're handled really well. I think people um, react in normal ways, which we have talked about being... I will agree with all those things. ...a thing. So um, I think that this book does... I did. I didn't find the conflict off-putting at all. I mean, it was yeah. off-putting in that it, it annoyed me that it happened, but um, I thought everyone reacted normally. Yeah. Um, Mom, this book is classified... As women's fiction as opposed to a romance novel, do you notice much of a difference between this, something like this, and something... Well, I did notice a difference, and, I, and I'm and i trying to pinpoint what know, it is. I know, that's my thing, too. And I can't, really, but it just felt... Um, I don't know. I don't want to say... I don't know, and it's not even just the sex, because we've read books that don't have... Yeah. A lot like, of sex I would them. definitely classify Waiting for Tom Hanks as a romance A romance. Novel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I didn't get the feeling from that that I did from this one that it, it was somehow geared towards a younger audience. Not that I didn't enjoy it or I, I don't know. I don't know. You tell me. I, well, the thing is, is I don't, I've never been super clear as to what makes women's fiction slash chiclet versus what makes... A romance, romance novel. novel. And I, you're right. It is more than, than just the sex. I think... And I can't tell if... And then my other thing is that a lot of the chiclet that I've read is all written by British authors. And so I also can't tell if it's just a difference between the British authors versus... Maybe it's a category that British authors came up with. Yeah, it's possible. But I, I've noticed that a lot of the women's fiction seems to have kind of a more fleshed out story. There's more side characters. There's you mean a lot besides just the romance. Yes. That there's usually kind of a bigger plot at hand than just falling in love. Um and but we've read a lot of romance novels, though, that have a lot of... Yeah, like a lot of mystery or things yeah. like that. I know. And so and so I can't say that that's it exactly. Um, so I don't know. I would... And maybe this is a good B topic next time we do kind of another... Well, maybe it's a good question out there to the... To yeah, because the... I, I want to know what you guys think of as being kind of the bigger differences. Um, and maybe this one isn't the best example... Um, 
because uh like she's also very famous for like the shopaholic series right um and and i kind of think that also has you know like her shopping addiction is a plot and then she falls in love with the guy is on a plot. the side right um, but this one is definitely more, it's their, their plots are much more intertwined right. than some of the others. Um, but yeah, I would love to know what, what you guys think. And cause even when I was thinking about it, when coming up with this question, it's like, I don't really know. But like, do you agree with me that it has a different feel to it? Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I don't think so great that this shouldn't be classified as a romance novel. Right. And, you know, I, I see this is listed sub-genre-wise as a romance, but it's not the initial... It's not, like, the category that it's getting marketed as in bookstores. It's, it's not in a romance section. It's in the fiction section. Maybe I'm just telling myself this because I know my daughter read it when she was, like, 14 years old, and I'm thinking, ooh. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. It's not that bad. No. Even when I was reading it, I was like, okay, th- I'm fine with mom knowing I read this when I was 15. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. Um, I'm just giving you a hard time. But yeah, I would I would love to know, and if anybody has any publishing knowledge and like what kind of goes into these classifications, I would like to know about that. Okay, um, let's talk about sex. Baby, uh, pretty mom friendly. Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's definitely sex talked about and and sex alluded to but it wasn't um described in graphic detail and yeah it's i mean and even when they have sex it's kind of fade it's not even really fade black it's like they go off and well yeah and then she does say you know we had sex multiple times during the night and then we slept together and I woke up in his place. So it was, you know. It's alluded to, but it's not in any right. way. Like, not even, it's not even like one of those, I'm trying to think which one we read where like there would be some foreplay and then it would kind of fade to black. But this one was just, they went off and yeah. had sex. Um, yeah. So I think I'm, I'm, are you fine knowing that I passed this around to my friends in high school? I think I, I'm fine. No. I am now. It would have probably mortified me at the time. Yeah. Only because their mothers would have been really mad if they found out. <laughs> there actually was an instance where I gave a book to somebody and their mom was mad that. Because you're so, that, Ellen. Ugh. Yeah. She's, she's a naughty girl. She's a bad influence on you. Um, what was your swooniest moment? <laughs> my swooniest moment I it's, I'm having a hard time well first of all I love a good tell off the family scene yeah so when good. he kind of I kind of every time I read that though I sort of think he maybe overstepped I was thinking the same thing I cringed a little bit thinking Ugh, this really should be something that she is telling them instead of you telling them. Yeah. If she wanted to. <laughs> yeah. But then she was okay with it. So I was I was afraid she might get mad about it, but she wasn't. So then I was okay with it. Yeah. Um, but I, I do like a good put the family in the place kind of thing. Um, however, I love the scene when he just shows up and then starts spouting off all his secrets. That, yeah, I that think, one's really good. I thought that was Okay, good. I'll tell you my... And this has always been the scene that I'm always like, oh gosh, it's so swoony, um, is when he they've gone on their dates and he shows up 
he kind of like tells her, I'll see you at the family picnic because he's going to be away. And then he shows up at the company picnic and they're just kind of like making eyes at each other <laughs> and they keep kind of hinting at, at things in front of, because Connor and her are working the lemonade stand and they just kind of right are, you know, and she's like, how can he not tell like that we're so hot for each other? And I'm like, yeah, I love this scene. Well, and then doesn't he tell her that he, he needs the file? Yeah, the, the Leopold file. <laughs> Leopold file. Yeah. And then she's like, I can't meet with him right now for the Leopold file because I'm here with my family. Yeah. <laughs> so I just like that whole picnic scene. And I, I love her kind of breakdown of like, um, my plan was to be in a super cute dress. I am now in a Snow White costume. <laughs> my plan was to not have my family here. They are now all, all here. here. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, I just... I did love, though, <laughs> I love the scene where um, her, Carrie is telling them, oh, I've played golf with the, with the top guy. The top guy of this company. I have. And he and I have spent lots of time together. And, you know, <laughs> and then he's like, oh, have you? Have you now? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's great. <laughs> Okay, let's hear what some of the listeners okay. thought of, you know, this trip down Ellen's memory lane. Uh, Elizabeth said, I didn't realize until about a quarter of the way through that I've already read this, but I'm still enjoying it. I guess my main thought is fun, but forgettable. That's, <laughs> that's possible. Um, Catherine says, I have read it. I am not a huge fan, usually, of romances where the main characters are in relationships with other people. And in this one, it's for a huge chunk of the book. Um, I, I clocked it at about 40% that, that she is still... That she breaks up with Connor. Yeah. Um, I also love that, you know, she breaks up with him after Jack is like, you really want to be with this guy? She's like, yeah, I do. And then he leaves town and she breaks up with him and he and then he comes back and she's like, dang it, he's going to know. He's going to think that I did it because of him. Well, and he stayed because he found out that, that she, she broke, broke up, up with, with him. him. Um. I will say, however, that it would have bothered me if something had happened between her and Jack before Fire. she yeah. broke up. But nothing really happens romantically between them at all yeah. until after she breaks up with him. So, yeah. Um, Catherine continues, and it's for a huge chunk of the book. So I kept just waiting for that relationship to end. The picnic scene, picnic scene was funny. I think it's been a while for me. Haha. <laughs> But these are the two thoughts that stand out to me. I'm reading the Wikipedia article for it now, and it seems like the one I read was the UK edition. Because um, I looked it up. There are, like, differences between, like, I guess when she tries to, you know, uh, romance Connor in the archive room, they make it farther than just him getting his hand on her boob. Yeah, basically. And it seemed like there was something else, and I can't remember what it was. Uh... Catherine says, I believe there was also a, oh, haha, aren't young women so flighty and silly quality about this? That wasn't my favorite. But I think that's rather common with books published in the early 2000s. And I would say, yes, that is kind of. Well, it's kind of what you were talking about, because even the rom-coms at the time were that way. Yeah. You know, aren't women silly and flighty? Yeah. And stumbling over themselves and all that kind of stuff. Well, even if you've seen the movie, um, Isn't It Romantic? She talks about that, about how rom-com heroines always uh, are tripping and falling and getting hurt and, yeah, yeah, know, just sure. being and silly. 
Um, Lori says, I started the audio and had a really hard time getting into it. I had to throw in the towel. I honestly think it was the narrator. Somehow her voice didn't feel authentic to the character of Emma, like a major miscasting. I'll attempt reading with my eyes instead once I get my hands on a copy. I know it's a favorite for many of you, so I want to give it another go. And mom listened to some I of the audio. I listened to quite a bit of it. And I've listened to some of the audiobook in the past. Um, and I would say, yes, yes, read it as opposed to listen to this one well, personally. The- I mean, she, I'm sure she's a great actress. I don't know who the gal is that reads it. But um, she, her voice was just a little too um, hoity-toity, I think, for the, is that? Prim and proper? Yes. For the, to go for the character. Someone and she sounds uh, older. Yeah, they must, they definitely should have had someone younger. And um, I don't know. She just sounded too proper British. Sorry, Brits. For, um this character for this character yeah um jackie said i read this back way back in the day and i remember laughing out loud through the first chap uh first few chapters it's one of my book slump go-tos because it's a light and fun and funny um and yeah same for me as well uh natalie says just read can you keep a secret for the first time it reminded me of meg cabot books a little bit she is one of my favorites and that was like (laughs) ellen's other go-to when she was younger yes for sure um the beginning bugged me a little because Emma lied so much about seemingly pointless to lie about things to the point where I was wondering if she had some sort of disorder or something. You're a better person than me, Natalie, apparently, because <laughs> um, I thought it was a pretty normal amount. Uh, she says, I was worried but pleasantly surprised when she stood up for herself a couple of different times throughout the book, especially when she stood up to Jack. I felt that it added a little more depth to her character and I was happy to cheer her on. Yeah. Well, like I said, I think that's the point of the book is that journey for her from being like, okay, I've got all these secrets because I just kind of let people walk all over me kind of thing. And I don't want to say anything to, and then her journey through the book is at the end, she's like, no, I'm going to stand up for myself. I'm not going to take this. Yeah. Well, I love that scene when she's at work and she's like, um, Paul, I broke your mug and get that picture of my butt off the coffee, <laughs> off know? the wall. <laughs> and then she's like, and I want a raise. And he's like, okay, let's talk about it. And, you know, she, I th- yeah, I think, and I think you have to, well, most of her lies, because she calls them lies, but most of them secrets. are secrets, sorry, sorry, secrets, were to spare someone's feelings. Yeah. Like when her boyfriend bought her the wrong size underwear she didn't want to say anything and hurt his feelings because he thought he got her a really great gift. Or all the stuff with her parents or... Yeah, it's just she was just trying to spare people's feelings. And so that's admirable, but you don't want to do that to the point where you become like a doormat for people, which yeah. is kind of where she was. Was with Connor especially. Yeah, 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 at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and I think also, I think that early 20s phase of your life I think she's getting out of that phase and in that phase you are you know much more you're still kind of in that awkward teen phase a little bit and still kind of keeping you know you're not wearing some of your proclivities on your sleeve like you do as you get older I think is that fair yeah to say like her Barbie bedspread and things like that just own it yeah just yeah yeah, I got a Barbie bedspread. Yeah, what's wrong with that? What are you going to do about it? And I love it. She's like, you didn't say that it was ironically. <laughs> um, 
Singular male listener Jason said, I thought this book was a cute and fun read. Uh, Emma is so quirky and so upbeat that no matter what happens, she believes her life is going to one day be transformed into something wonderful and exciting. Emma just seemed to lie to everyone to keep secrets, to protect people's feelings. Yeah. Like you're just saying. Jason Jason. Jason. When in the end, it would have been better just to tell them. Jack was a fun hero. He was great except for the TV interview, of course. I loved roommate Lissy. Lissy. That's what it was. Right. However, I did want to throttle Jemima. I thought the book's humor was great. Yeah, yeah. It is really funny. It is funny. And it's a lot of fun to read. Yeah. Definitely. And it keeps, it's really well paced. Right. I think right. that's why it always appealed to me. Um, Paige said, it was my first time reading it and Sophie Kinsella in general. And I really loved Can You Keep a Secret? Remind me a lot of Bridget Jones. Yep. But that actually made me... Uh, love her and the book more. I, la- I laughed the whole way through and just had a fantastic time reading it. Jack had some major facepalm moments, but I did like him again in the end. Uh, Carrie, Artemis, Nick, and Nev are all horrible, and if they somehow happened to fall into the Thames, I wouldn't be upset. <laughs> True. Uh, should also, I don't know why, but I was kind of digging Paul by the end of the book. He had a rough start with uh, that being an a-hole and all. Uh, but I could totally read a book about him and his grouchy self. I'm glad this was one of the books we got to do, and I'm so excited to watch the movie. I think it should translate really well to film. I was listening to... Oh, never mind. We're going to get to that in a second. Um, and then finally, Jen said, there's something about this subgenre of early aughts romance novels that feels very quote-unquote rom-com when you read it, but I don't think will translate well to screen. So some different well, opinions there. Did you guys see the trailer? It seemed kind of awkward or boring to me that like there wasn't enough plot or conflict, but the book was delightful if you read. You can go deep into a character's mind in a book which fills a lot of pages that you can't naturally put into a script. So the story feels weaker on screen or maybe it's just weak screenwriting because Set It Up and Guernsey were so good. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll have to see. Right. I've, I've always thought that this book would be like a really fun, cute movie. Um, so, well, it's supposed to seem, I mean, you can't say it seems awkward because it's supposed to seem awkward. <laughs> yeah, that's I true. mean, the whole, the first part is super awkward. Yeah. And, you know, like I've said, I like, I like the people messing with each other. So I think that I've always thought that that would be fun to see that interchange on screen. Um, mom, any other thoughts on Can You Keep a Secret? No, I, no, I, I really, really liked it. I really liked it. Okay. It was just a shade down from love. That's fine. Is that fair to say? Yeah, um, yeah it was fun. Lighthearted. I, yeah, I just find it enjoyable as all get it out. It is. It's a very enjoyable read. Okay, so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on Can You Keep a Secret by Sophie Kinsella. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter or Instagram, which are both at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can email us at NotYourMom'sRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On September 23rd, we will be discussing The Best Thing by Mariana Zapata in our next mini episode. Uh, for now, we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll be talking about younger heroines. So stay with us. It's time for a break. It's time for a break. The break is when we do the news and mail. Ow. <laughs> she hit me. I was trying to get you into the spirit of things. <laughs> 
Um, well, now I like the song less. If you're gonna, if there, I get bodily harm when you sing it, punch you in the face for every. Um, okay, so we got a uh, a rather in depth message yes. post from uh, listener Jen, uh, and I asked her, "Would you be okay if we just addressed all of this on the show during your break segment?" And she said, "Yes." So that's what we're going to do. And Jen, I read the whole thing. And just so you know, usually I, if they're long, I don't read them, but I enjoyed yours very much. <laughs> yes. Um, so Jen says, so in my time waiting for more Faded Mates episodes, I found Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club. And I freaking love it. Guys, Ellen and Julie, you remind me so much of me and my mom. It's starting. It's startling. LOL. I haven't built up the courage to ask her to read romance with me yet, so I'm vicariously experiencing the fun of that listening to y'all. This is my first time posting, and warning, it's a long one. So, Jen, um, my advice to you would be... Go on a road trip. Yeah, just go on a road (laughs) trip and put on a romance audiobook. That's what sucked mom in. And I was always... I mean, like, listen, I never wanted mom... Speaking of wearing your just proclivities on your sleeve uh me reading these books was always one of my secrets from mom and now she knows and our relationship is better for it is it i don't know is it uh, so jen continues i've basically been going through the entire show from episode one and have lo- uh, lots of now seemingly rand- random or old thoughts uh, she says, Ellen, thank you so much for bringing much needed and deserved attention to Pushing Daisies, Great News, Trial and Error, and Miss Fishers. Um, no one knows about these shows, and they're so, so good. Also, we have such similar taste in a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, and I will double up on my recommendations of all those things. Yeah, so Because good. I love all of them still, so check all of those shows out. Um, Jen says, Fox Robin Hood was totally a thing. What a charmer. Yep. Melt for You was so ridiculously good that I had to take a moment. Phew. Uh, yeah, we liked We <laughs> yes. liked that one a lot so if you good. listen to the episode. Um, and she says, we have the same exact hero preferences, ladies. Broody, swarthy guys with plenty of hidden quirks and a Scottish brogue or a Tennessee sex voice tossed in wouldn't oh. hurt. Um, Ride or Die for Penelope Featherington, the Netflix series casting for this rocks. The entire cast is gorgeous, and their Instagram game is on point. Yes to all those things. I've become obsessed with following all of them. And honestly, like, my obsession with the girl who plays Penelope Featherington is what got me into Dairy Girls. Um, And... Your your latest obsession? My latest obsession, yeah. That's my latest I'm telling everybody to watch. Um... She says, Roman Holiday absolutely had to end with them not getting together. Yes. Ugh. Yeah, we agree. Um, she says, you guys should talk at some point about older and newer Jane Austen screen adaptations and compare contrast. I saw the Kira Knightley PMP, Pride and Prejudice, first and wore the heck out of that DVD as a preteen. Ugh. Matthew McFadden. Obviously love Colin Firth now, too. Have you seen... The Lizzie Bennet Diaries on YouTube. A really fun ad- modern adaptation and when... When are we going to get a well-funded persuasion adaptation? We are long overdue. Appreciate the BBC ones, but we need a new one that's done better. LOL. Um, so much to say on this on this front. Uh, first of all, I think I think the Pride and Prejudice thing. It's all dependent on which one you see first. And I saw Colin Firth. Colin Firth first, and that is like what made me fall in love with Jane Austen and become obsessed. 
and makes me the person you are, are. I am here today who is now wearing a shirt that has all of the Austin heroes listed on it. Um, have I seen Lizzie Bennet Diaries? I have seen Lizzie Bennet Diaries. I actually wrote a, um, a adaptation of, uh, Northanger Abbey, Northanger Abbey which is very similar. Like we were kind of modeling it off of, um, uh, off of the Lizzie Bennet Diaries. So I've definitely seen Lizzie Bennet Diaries and Emma Approved, which is the same studio's um, adaptation of Emma. Um, so yes, definitely. And so agree on the Persuasion adaptation because I love the one with Rupert Penry Jones and Sally Hawkins, but they butcher the ending, which is my favorite part. And then I like the old one with Siri and Hines because they do the ending justice, but it's so like tame and quiet that... I just want something that's a little more passionate and yes. sweeping in the vein of, you know, Akira Knightley, Pride and Prejudice. Agreed. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> Steve, please stop. You're just making me have to edit. Um, Jen continues, have you seen Fleabag, specifically season two? It made It also made me think a lot about the romance genre, interestingly. Also, it's so ridiculously good. How dare... Penel, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Um, I have not. I've heard, I've had a lot of people tell me that I it's should really watch it. Um, and I do love Andrew Scott, who I know is in the second season. Um, so, yeah. I haven't watched it either, but I have I have had people recommend it. Yeah. Um, Michael Huseman in Guernsey, Literary, in Guernsey Literary Society is literally too much goodness. Agree on that front. Um, and then she says, I do have some recommendations and no assume you've read some of these already, but would love to hear an episode on them. I'm trying to, to suggest stuff that's classic, a bit different, or warrants discussion, not necessarily just my faves. Uh, she says, written on his skin by Simone Stark. You guys need to read this ASAP. I still can't believe it's just a novella. Uh, it's about a vet heroine in Colorado writing to a soldier hero abroad and their epistolatory romance. And it's very hot, very sweet. He asked for a soda. I swear I've read this. Actually, I'm reading this now and I'm like, I think I've read this. Um, and it's very hot, very sweet. He asked for a photo and she's insecure about her size. So she sends one of someone else, which obviously ends up being a problem. The buildup and climax are so good. There's a line near the end of this that is so perfect that it still gets me. Uh, that could be good. Especially novella. We like having less to read. <laughs> it makes me want to share a story. Can I share a story? Sure. <laughs> when I was teaching... Um, Years ago, they decided they wanted us to have staff badges that we wore, but the district wasn't supplying them at the time. So my principal asked me if I could make everyone a staff badge with their picture on it so that when people came on campus, they would know who was on the staff. So I made, so I did, I designed it, I made them, I laminated them, I put them all together and I made everybody's with their picture on it. And on mine, I made mine and I put a picture of Cindy Crawford on mine and, um, just as a joke. And one of the little kids comes up and he's looking at the picture and he says, is that you? And I said, yeah, sure. And he says, because I wear glasses and Cindy Crawford does not. And he looks at me and he says, uh, you should go without your glasses more often. Because <laughs> apparently I looked way better without my glasses on. That's all it takes, Mom. That's all it takes to take the glasses off yeah. and you're hottie. Everybody knows that. 
Uh, Jen continues with her recommendation saying, Loving the Secret Billionaire by Adriana Anders. Let me break this down. A slightly older heroine who is a teacher running for city council against a rich spoiled jerk to get better funding for schools is canvassing for votes when she, as one does, stumbles upon a relatively secluded house. Front doors open and what do we find? A huge swarthy blind hacker virgin hero with a penchant for comic book t-shirts and justice. It kills me that this one is only a novella. I love this bonkers story. That does sound bonkers. It does sound bonkers. And I do, uh, I, I also love uh, a bonkers. Um, she says, Dreaming of You by Lisa Claypless, an absolutely classic that ages so well, especially the way Sarah, the heroine, is written. Lisa is the best, and that is a good example of a seminal romance novel. I think Lisa and Julia Quinn were the start of a new era of historical romance, and this book is evidence of that. Of course, for Julia, it's the Duke and I, also... Derek Craven forever. I have seen, I have read Dreaming of You. I don't know if you have or not. I thought I'd read all of Lisa Clavis. Um, she says The Highlander by Kerrigan Byrne. Uh, yeah, I am I have read. so ride or uh, die for Kerrigan and her mind. This book is so freaking good that I still think about it randomly once a week and it's been months since I've read it. There are a couple of scenes in particular that are so electric. It's so vivid and beautiful and angsty and hot and the H and H are a bit older, which I loved. We've got a hulky, broody Scottish laird and a sweet heroine of a heroine, uh, sweetheart of a heroine in this one. And they're too precious. Also, I'm so excited that you're doing her new book. Just finished it and it's wonderful. So this was pre pre our episode, our last episode. Um, she says, Block Shut by Kennedy Ryan, which we have both read. Uh, she says, I know you guys read this, but it's totally deserving of an episode. It's such a complicated, sweeping book with really interesting characters and dynamics. Like, Zoe was just such a, uh, sweetheart, uh, sigh. Obviously, love Banner, and, uh, but I thought it was interesting how Jared might read as an alpha, but Kennedy made him realistic by focusing on his natural temperament and limited empathetic, empathetic, capacity it was a very understandable explanation for how he viewed the world and how he wanted her to get better because of her jen goes on to re- uh, recommend some other books which uh we're running out of time because we have to be <laughs> <laughs> but she says dream a little dream by susan elizabeth phillips which i know we need to do a uh, susan elizabeth phillips um and i i would like to do a susan elizabeth phillips uh the best man by Kristen higgins a uh, beautiful sinner by Sophie Jordan, oh, which we really do love. Sophie Jordan, that Jordan. book. Um, Texas Destiny by Lorraine Heath. That would be a good one. I have read that. I would like to do. It's a modern day cowboy, right? Uh, no. I've read it and it's been a while. I don't think it's modern day though. It's a western. We should do a modern day cowboy. Yeah, we should. Um. Hot Cop by Sierra Simone. <laughs> she says, Ellen, don't worry. This isn't as racy as the Camelot trilogy. It's definitely steamy, but I think Julie can handle it. I don't know. <laughs> Sierra Simone. <laughs> Hurts to Love You by Alicia Rye. Um, and then, which we, we have read that. Yeah, that's the last one in the, last the, one series. In the series. And then The Bollywood Bride by Sonali Dev. Um, definitely some in there that I would like to get to. So we'll have to see how we can put them in. Um, Jen, thank you so much. We loved it. Yeah, we really did. And I wanted to try and get to, um, get to it on the show. So we appreciate it sending in. We appreciate you chiming in as you have been doing now since you've started, um, listening. 
and uh, happy to have you. Yeah. And all of you, always, of always. course. Chime in when, whenever. Yeah. Even if you hate something. <laughs> yeah, we like that too. Go ahead and chime in and we'll talk about you behind your back. Yeah, and we'll see you on the next break segment. <laughs> all right, bye. Welcome back. Our second topic for this week comes from listener Paige, who recommended this as a B topic. She says, I was listening to another pod and it gave me an idea for a B topic discussion on the ways younger heroines and older heroines differ in terms of confidence, what they'll put up with, etc. And also how our reading views may have changed uh, the older we've gotten. And I thought that was an interesting one, especially for this book, because like I said, I've read this book now in my teens, my 20s, and my 30s. And, um, it was interesting because I remember when I was reading this book, when I was 15, I was just like, oh, she's so worldly and she lives in London and she's got a job and she's falling in love with the founder of this company. (laughs) And oh my gosh. And in this reading of this book, I'm like, she's just a silly girl in her early (laughs) twenties. Doing silly early twenties things. Yeah. And, um, and it's kind of like we were referring to with, with this book in, in particular, uh, the big part of her journey is gaining that confidence that yeah, to kind stand of... stand up for herself a little to bit. To stand up for herself, to kind of say like, you know what, I don't really care what y'all think of me. It's fine. And to just kind of get over some of those insecurities. And um, I, I would say that that's kind of in general what I've, what I've observed in yeah. terms of younger heroines to older heroines. Mom, what has been your... I think we've kind of talked about your experience reading these usually younger, always younger than you women. Um, what? <laughs> but... Um, wow, ouch. Yeah. But <laughs> what? How, how do you find it, reading women that are much younger than you? Well, I've always... I have not been quiet about the fact that I always have a problem with when they're a young girl with an older guy mm-hmm. like and when I say oh I don't mean like 18 and 24 even mm-hmm. but when they've got like an 18 year old falling in love with a 36 year old then I kind of cringe a little bit but um I always like well for example when we did um I'm not gonna remember the name of the book now the um the one we just read from the series Duchess Deal, Governor's Game. Oh, uh, the Bride. No, that's the that's the third one. It's you, huh? <laughs> the Wallflower Wager. There you go, Wallflower Wager. Um, I like reading. For some reason, these old they call them spinsters. We now know that they're not spinsters. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know the 29 year olds who have this vibrata that they don't have when they're 18. Mm-hmm. And um, it's also this, I'm just going to have sex with him because I might not ever have another chance. So I'm going to do this and he's going to make it good for me. So, <laughs> yeah. so you know, that kind of an attitude instead of these timid little, oh, goodness. Well, and I think, I think a lot of the things that we usually, you know, a lot of those stupid miscommunication conflicts, a lot of the kind of, flightiness and I think that comes from younger heroines usually Uh, you don't see a lot of the older couples just being like well 
I'm just turning off my phone. We're not going to talk about this ever. Right. You know, like, I feel like that doesn't happen as often with our older heroines as it does with our younger heroines. Yes. And I wonder if it's our age. Is it our age? Are we so old that we... Well, and that's part of Paige's question is, like, how have you found reading, you know, and... And, I, I didn't read romance when I was younger. Yeah, so. and I think for me, you know, it's kind of like I said, I, I I looked up to them more, and now I look back and I'm like, okay, so they they didn't have their shit together as much as I don't now, and that's fine, <laughs> and that's normal. Um, Is it, though? And, <laughs> um, and so it has been, especially with this book in particular, to kind of see the shift, but... Um, but yeah, I think I think nowadays, and I think it's easier for women of all ages to connect with kind of that spinster wallflower than it is to connect with that early 20s career girl who can't quite get her life in order. Right. You know, I think that that's easier for, because like we've all kind of had feelings that spinster wallflowers go through. But maybe not all of us have been that plucky. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I, because I never really went through that plucky. Well, you got married when you were 20. I got married when I was 20. So I was young. I was a baby. And, um, and I, and from then on, I was just like working towards, you know, there wasn't, I wasn't, I'm not going to say there's no romance. There was romance. (laughs) But, but when you were 20, you were, like, helping your husband get through his career. Get through and college so that we could, you know, start our family. And, yeah, yeah, definitely. So you weren't doing, like, the crazy college years yeah, and things like that. Definitely. Um, I asked Paige to weigh in on kind of how she felt about this. And she said, um, I've been reading adult romance since I was 13. And though I'm 25 now, I've been noticing for the past couple of years that while I still love my young heroines, I've really come to appreciate and even almost prefer my older heroines. They generally seem to have a higher level of confidence and are more aware of their self-worth, which I feel is true to women in real life as well. I've also realized that some of the things that a younger heroine might let fly, my 18 to 20 year old self most likely would have too. But I definitely would not have put up with it today. I think that's a really good point too, is that, yeah, I think there's just a certain maturity and confidence in yourself that women in their early 20s are just starting to develop right. more so. Um, Paige continues, One of the biggest changes in my reading views is actually how much more I've come to love the heroines. I've loved them, but I really used to be or wanted to be mostly all about the heroes. I still love and live for them. I mean, no one wants a crappy hero, but there's just been a shift in my brain where I usually love the heroine the same or even more than our, than her hero. Um, I definitely still uh, <laughs> gravitate towards heroes, obviously, but um, but yeah, and I think especially this podcast has helped me to kind of look at the heroines and ones that are well written and um, and kind of explore more her journey and what she goes through and and I think also reading as an older reader helps to helps you to do that because you can kind of look at the heroine's journey and think about your own journey into womanhood and things like that. (laughs) 
Um, which sounds really cheesy. Yeah. The, but um, you know what I mean. Yeah. No. But her the thing about heroes and heroines, if you read romance, and I run into this problem doing the podcast, but as you read romance, the heroes, I don't want to say they all become kind of the same. However, they all seem to be good looking. They all seem to be very large in stature. Mm-hmm. They all seem to be, you know, super sweet. Even if they're grumpy, it's their sweet side that comes out. Yeah. Um, so they all have these very similar qualities because that's what we all want to read about in our mm-hmm. romance heroes. Um, so the big changes in the story be, from story to story is usually in the heroine. Yeah. And um, and they get to be a little bit more multifaceted. And and we usually hear more of their POV. Yeah. And um, so, you know, we're doing the journey with them and they usually, so if they're super quirky and super strange or different or, you know, if there's something about them that we, you know, need to, if the journey that needs to be taken is usually all that comes on the heroine. So that's what makes them more interesting to read. Yeah. For sure. And, um, yeah, I thought it, I really, thanks Paige for the, the topic because I, uh, especially in connection with this book, I found it to be kind of an interesting one to explore. Um, okay. So that I think should do it. Um, thanks so much for joining us again. If you would like to join us for the best thing by Marian Escada, get reading now because in one week on September 23rd, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free and listen. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at not your mom's rom or on Facebook or Goodreads or email us at not your mom's romance book club at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks mom. I will talk to you later. Okay, yes, you will. (laughs) All right, bye. Bye.